0: He poisons him in the garden for his estate. His name's Gonzago. The story is extant and written in very choice Italian. You shall see anon how the murderer gets the love of Gonzago's wife! <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to the Actual Garbage Podcast, Consumption Log, b nine. I am your host, David Paddock. To my left, we have Ryan Riley. Pleased to
1: be with my humble compatriots on Fair Evening Yorn. And I hope that our Holy once shit, mighty mighty stop. rhetoric will be, in humble terms, both
0: enjoyable and resplendent. To thine left, Nicole Paddock.
2: I am not going to convert my sentences into the German uh, grammatical structure, but hello, every everyone, this <laughs> that's, fine Shakespearean evening.
0: That's completely reasonable. And to her left,
3: Dylan George. I'd just sound like Yoda if I tried, so here it is.
0: Shakespeare sound like you. Anyway, we are we're here to discuss Hamlet, but not the play Hamlet. We're here to discuss Kenneth Branagh's Fever Dream interpretation <laughs> of Hamlet, which I am quite fond
3: of, <laughs> fucking
0: Hamlet. So David, why did you pick this film? I picked this film because the last time I watched it was long enough ago. It was before the time when I cared about fiction at all. Um the first time I saw this movie uh was the first time that I read Hamlet. It was part of a literature class I was taking. And at this point in my high school career, I had already been blown off for listening to an audiobook version of a book that I was assigned and vowed to never read assigned reading ever again in English classes. Good policy. It worked out just fine. I got a four on both of the AP exams for English. Um, but the movie... I mean, I, the I would have liked this better in high school if... I gave a shit about fictional characters mm-hmm. but at the time I had not learned how to love a fake person which is a skill that I've only recently attained through many trials and tribulations mm-hmm. and so going back to it it's fun to now have this perspective on both sides of this mirror cuz I remembered this movie pretty well like the beats of Hamlet I was I was still aware of cuz Shakespeare for all of his foibles of you know, having been born 500 years ago, if he was even born. <laughs> well, that's his first mistake. Yeah. <laughs> um, I basically, I, I think, in words that are very close to the circuitous way that he talks. Do so, you
2: think in iambic pentameter? <laughs> yeah,
0: a, not quite. It's, but it does have the, uh, what would be the five dollar word, stalactic character. Okay. Where. You pause randomly, seemingly randomly, to establish points in the middle of sentences that you then potentially don't finish. Uh, I'm very fond of that. And so is Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh does sort not... Poets.
3: Atti- That's just how poets talk.
0: Sort of. I, there are some flowy poets, and they suck. Flowy poet? Flowy poet. Flow po um, But in a nutshell, I've seen a handful of Hamlet renditions... Which i I saw all of them in high school. I've not actually pursued any of them <laughs> since, uh, but Branagh's was the one that stood out to me for a couple of reasons. One, it's the prettiest uh his use of yeah. castles and colors and all that it's just it's nicer to look at than most of them. It's um, also
3: more recent, but not like uh what was the Romeo and Juliet where they were pretty much just in l a uh they they've been oh, doing that modern that one was too modern. Uh, this one's like there are trains which you're like, ah oh, that doesn't that well, yeah, wasn't 19th but, hey, it looks century good.
2: costuming. Yeah, it's it's yeah. slightly
3: anachronistic, but it's not. Yeah. It's not too
0: far off and it works in the story's yeah. benefit cuz nothing's nothing's out of place. Yeah, do, it doesn't
3: misplace the story, it's just a nicer time to look at. But then on Nobody's top of dirty.
0: Yeah, yeah. on top yeah. of the color, is. it's also the only version of it that anybody has tried to put all the words in for. It is the only unabridged version of this to the date when he made it. I believe someone made one after the fact, but that's broken windows effect and they don't count anymore because they weren't first.
3: I would love to see a, a collection of all of the quiet moments in the film. That would be hard. Of yeah. uh, which? Like 18 uh, seconds? Uh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> like maximum a minute 15 seconds of just somebody looking and then about to talk. Yeah, That'd I mean, be... I, I don't want to scare anybody
0: off, but this will scare everyone off. It is four hours long. And... They, as Dylan suggested, they don't waste a second. Yes,
2: it is. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. It is long, but not slow, as yes. I believe Roger Ebert said of the movie. <laughs> and I have to agree with him. I uh, had never watched this. I did not do Hamlet in school. We did Macbeth. Ugh. Um and I do think I probably saw the Mel Gibson Hamlet at some point when I was young and didn't understand it. So this was actually my first experience of understanding the raw the Hamlet. story of Hamlet. Yep, and I did find the movie pretty easy to follow. Um, we watched it with the subtitles and being able to read the dialogue was immensely helpful yes. in me being able to understand what the fuck was going on.
0: Yeah, one of one of the handful of rules that we should probably write in stone somewhere. Right. I mean... How many times do you have to watch a Wes Anderson film?
2: 80? I'm yeah, st- I,
0: I like watching them. I'm so. still
3: okay with twice. Okay. I think that's yeah. still enough. I think
2: three times three is good. minimum.
3: All right. Well, first to be exposed, second to figure it out, and third to enjoy. There you go. That's not bad. I'll buy it. Yeah, yeah it works out. Yeah,
2: three times at least for no, Wes an- Anderson. Another
0: rule I want to throw out, and I guess we can make it a we can make it a vote to determine whether or not this is just my feeling... I don't like watching movies without subtitles on.
2: I have a hard time with...
0: I got one scoff. Fuck, man. I, Pay attention. I,
2: no, I like the subtitles. Actors are notoriously hard to understand. And I think that British... Scottish and Irish films should have subtitles in the movie theater when you're watching it if you want to be able to understand what the hell anyone is saying.
0: Yeah, I have run into massive numbers of misinterpretations over the years watching movie, like watching almost every movie that I go back to. I don't think it's because I'm older. I think it's because I can actually see what
3: no, they're saying. No, it's because
2: people mumble through their damn lines. So I don't yeah. have to guess. That's why.
3: Um, a major complaint that I would have is the way... Uh, They're set over a film. If they're overlapping the image, that's a huge distraction. Oh, yeah, no. There's there's some art to design them. them.
2: Better or... Yeah, and I've seen some real shitty ones,
3: Um, too. Funny enough, I think they should take a 3D glasses approach of... I'm having trouble understanding. Let me just slide these up. And then you can have, like, a way to see them. Because even if you try to focus on the image, having white text on a black background is distracting. And having it change every few seconds... It does detract from the visual oh, yeah, aspect no, it's, of the film. It
0: can be distracting if there's no blank space to put it in.
3: Yeah. Um, but well, no, I mean, even even as, even as a side, I, I'm drawn to the bottom or wherever the text is changed because it's, it's something that is flashing in the background.
2: I do like this, this idea of putting the glasses on to see them. I would love that, that would at the movie theater because I do miss the ability to not turn the subtitles on when I see a movie in the movie theater. That has been an issue for me. At least two times in the last year where I literally thought, I can't turn the subtitles on. This sucks. All right,
1: Ryan, rebuttal. Jesus do you need subtitles for the rest of your lives while you're at it as well? Yes, God. Hey, everybody damn it. takes
2: in information differently, God, and I damn think it. that it adds to my understanding. Can I have of it in writing?
1: I, it just yeah. don't plays play, have playbills. Read along at home, you know. Like, come on, man. Like, it's I just to me especially because my next movie, not the next movie, but the second movie I'm going to choose on my turn is going to be Aliens, the James Cameron Aliens. Do we really need fucking subtitles for James Cameron? Do Aliens? they enunciate? There but
3: I, I don't actually I don't remember but no, that's oh, well, no I said we, whenever, we'll have to see Whenever so the, someone gets tense they whisper and grumble really fast and you gotta get yourself. no I, I mean don't. Shakespeare's
0: aliens would also probably have a little more dialogue no I would I would <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I I guess I'm a little more indulgent with my film I mean I like I do I to me it's it's distracting and it's and it takes away from the visuals and I I enjoy watching performance I enjoy seeing the scene and it's just it is so just dist- Distracting. I mean, it literally is distracting for me because I don't need to – I don't need to hear everything. I mean, I can move along with this. And like a film – once again, filmmakers are used to writing and making films for stupider people. And I think that we're smart enough to know that, you know, if we miss something, we're not going to lose the core of what is going on with this. Now, repeated watchings or, or so, I wouldn't mind – flipping on the subtitles for the second time. But, like, the first time I watch a movie, I want what the director wanted to show me. And if he'd have wanted fucking subtitles in the movie, he'd have put fucking subtitles in the movie. Well, they need the to movie. make that Speaks decision more Latin. frequently. Yes. Speaks in Latin.
2: <laughs> well, I, I <laughs> thought, I thought that the, the subtitles definitely helped my comprehension of this as a whole. Um, I yeah. think I would have had a lot harder time it, with it.
3: It is fundamentally... It's technically English, but it is a different language.
2: Yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well and again as as I think we we harped on prior to it's there's an art to making good subtitles. Yeah. It's yes, not just is. putting all the dialogue in and it's definitely putting in not merely that music is playing but what kind of music is playing. <laughs> Those are my favorite subtitles. Upbeat timbre.
1: Yeah. No I just I just think subtitles tend to overemphasize what the actors are saying and there's more there are more modes of storytelling going on in a film than merely the dialogue and that's why I tend to think that you know, people, it, it tends to overemphasize dialogue rather than visual cues, rather than tone, rather than musical cues, rather than the actor's performances more than anything else. And I just think that it can detract. It can become a crutch that you all of a sudden cannot walk normally without anymore. Well, and I think that that's
3: not.
2: I are just, you saying but, that, but I, that I can't walk without my subtitles? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but,
3: I mean, but like I was saying, it is technically English, but to the modern ear, it does not sound it. I mean, the sentence structure is Germanic. Right. right, it is the reason I said and, I, would sound, and a lot of, I would sound like Yoda if I tried to talk. And a like lot of it.
2: the meanings are, are older meanings, yes. like they don't translate as well. So I mean, would it In have this helped? specific case, so, yeah. So,
3: so I mean, in the case of a foreign film, you would watch it with English subtitles, right? If they had an all right. So if this film had a cliff note translation of what they were saying, that would be abhorrent to the film because that's just totally discrediting any integrity about like what shakespeare. Is. Unless
0: they got a really good cliff notes writer. Well yeah, but I it's, think they could do something.
1: With but that. it's it's also to the point too that if you like if we had you know if we had like a shakespeare film club, god forbid. Like but if we had that, right and we were watching I like picked a Titus. Yeah, if we were watching shakespeare <laughs> oh, every other I week. I mean, our shakespeare muscles would be flexed. I mean, we yes. would we would be able to I think after 3 or 4 shakespeare films not need the subtitles. We had become acclimated and I think the, that that once again I think we would have developed those muscles a little bit faster had we not relied on the subtitles to begin with. It almost would have been better to be lost for the first couple of films and you know without subtitles in order to better once again to to develop to a point where we wouldn't need them moving forward as well. I, I disagree right. with, with that because, talk about because Hamlet yeah. now the
3: argument is <laughs> subs or dubs.
1: Yeah. No,
0: no, that's no, we're talking about subtitles more generally. I mean I used to watch movies without subtitles and I started watching them and have not looked back. Okay. Even I mean, on, I can, even on movies I've watched like multiple times and should know what people are saying. I want to know what they're saying.
1: Okay. Is it just? I mean, just it's it's just that I find that you know I can always move beyond that than than not needing it. But is it something that like just for curiosity's sake? Is it something that you find like holding you back from watching the film? I mean, are you like what it? You know, what what did I miss and what's going on? Is it something that bothers or, or interrupts the in- initial enjoyment of what you're seeing? All
0: it it ends up causing a chain reaction where one misinterpretation of what someone said bleeds into other dialogue. I watch most of the movies that I like are heavy on dialogue, so that ends up being more important. Aliens probably won't be necessary. And moreover, the way that I implement the subtitles, because VLC will let you do this, I, I make it so they don't show up when people talk. They wait two seconds to show up so that if you need to figure out what they said, it then shows up instead of, because a lot of the time subtitles, poorly implemented subtitles, will ruin what people are going to say mm-hmm. if you're watching it for the yeah, first they, time. Yeah, they
2: do ruin comedy. We were watching comedy earlier today with the subtitles on, yeah, no and so. then it was given away the, the jokes before the delivery. Yeah, it's all
1: about timing, yeah. yeah. And I think that, once again, there's... So
2: they're not good at all applications. But no. dr-
1: but drama's about timing, too. I mean, there's, you know, it, it just... Yeah,
2: but when you're deciphering another language, like, all the language cues help. And visually, I, f- like, I found it way more enjoyable, and like I said, I... Got like I understood it a lot better because of the subtitles. I think than I would have this viewing it without. This film particular, it.
1: but like if you know, I don't need I don't need subtitles for Moonrise Kingdom. You know, like that's that's not. You don't Do need they talk that. in that movie? Yeah. I don't even remember. <laughs> well,
2: Which it's... bird are you? Yeah.
0: No. No. You. Yeah. So I, a bucket of wheat paste. I, I mean, <laughs> over, yeah. He puts them on the. He puts it on the screen when you need to know what the words are. Exactly it's the list. Exactly. If he'd have wanted you to fucking know what he said, he'd have put it up
1: well, there. Well, not no, everyone's
2: not... as good of a screen mate. You I know, agree. <laughs> fil- filmmaker. And
1: so. but the thing. So, but in this film, I did agree that it it could definitely you know help you get past the uh, the. Uh, not only that, but the speed at which this is put yeah, forward. That, yeah. okay. yes. they're plowing yeah. through this yes. shit. Yes. So. <laughs> There's four hours of dialogue. So, this is something I wanted to kind of mention yes. too. Now, I have this is my fifth version of Hamlet that I have seen on film. And this one in particular is great because all of the other fours. Hamlet is a little whiny, broody brood. I think you guys referred to him as emo. I did. That was yeah. my,
2: my first note when he appeared on the uh, I line, screen. I have a line that says, emo. so
1: emo in my yeah. notes. Okay, well, it might interest you to know that if you watch perhaps, you know, like Olivier's or... um uh, you know, even Mel Gibson's yeah. Hamlet as well. Very e- the Ethan Hawke Hamlet with Bill Murray. I can a only a good...
2: imagine how emo that is. Oh my
1: God!
3: Like this is actually the oh, least. Oh, is that
2: the person that did the four-hour? No, no, that oh, was no, God. that was
3: a rendition like, they did. Emo in. implies whiny. I would describe him as temperamental because he throws fucking. Fits no, he's in more this.
2: manic in this. But I, usually he's, he's
3: he's even worse.
2: Portrayed more temperamental. Yeah, that
3: would be terrible. Yeah. The way he was portrayed in this, like. He was up in people's shit yeah. about all of it. He was mad.
1: He well, was, yeah, exactly, he's and good. I don't, and and with good reason too. I mean, if we if we want to kind yeah. of back up here, I mean, you know, Hamlet's whole reason is that, and okay, the character-wise, he is really, really high energy in this, and I mean, he he's
2: very high. He's yeah. So the basic
1: story is is that Hamlet's uh, father is, uh, dies, and his uncle marries his mom. And uh, then be- his uncle becomes king of Denmark, and uh, Hamlet is upset about this because this all occurs this, in ba- as he reminds everyone in not but two months of yes. time. So this yeah. is between death and marriage and coronation. He has a new father theoretically in um, his his um, mother aunt and his uh, his, uncle, yeah, his uncle uncle king dad. uncle king. Yeah, even refers mm-hmm. to him like that. So that all happens very quickly within sixty days. And I mean, I mean, if your mom. Mar- remarried, I mean, loyal listener, if your mom remarried after barely 60 days of your own father dying, I think you'd have something to say Perhaps you get a bit that. upset. Yeah, and so I think that... And not
3: uh, sad. You would get actively upset. Yeah, so as, I think... How is nobody else looking at this <laughs> shit?
1: Which and is how, how kind of like. Hamlet reacts? Yeah. I mean, yeah.
3: He's like, nobody else thinks this is weird. Yeah. And they like... If this was just some peasant, whatever we're talking I'm, I'm a prince i, I guys. really
2: really liked the the unveiling of hamlet in that huge okay. hall oh, okay. with yeah. the you know that there's like the wedding gorgeous. and the gala and that he's off to the side It Every, pans
0: to the narrow curtained yes, hallway where he's
2: sitting and he unlike anybody else in that room is dressed in black it's a it's a it's a it's, celebration yeah they're yeah. celebrating
1: the marriage and then the camera like he said pans beneath yeah. it and then he is he is tightly fr- so this film is shot in 70mm as well it's yes. very very widescreen. Yes. Yes. But then the, the the shot that reveals Hamlet, he is in but a small sliver of light behind the hallway, dressed in black. So it's a black uh, uh, black um, a frame with a narrow light, and then a black figure in front of it, it is very very cool. And he's very looking neat.
2: very you know. Un, uh, he's not looking as celebratory enthused, as the yeah. other <laughs> guests at but, this but gala. I yeah. also
3: like that he is not besheveled, though. He does become later, where he kind of unbuttons his shirt mm-hmm. and shows a bit more of the madness that yes. they've been... He's composed. Yeah, he's composed, which is also just super good looking.
2: Yes. So I, I, I really like the unveiling of Hamlet, and and this is this is where the emo came from, because right as he comes up, the now Uncle Uncle King Uncle yes, Dad Uncle Daddy King, you know, kind of bags on him for still wearing black, and that that's like a fucking woman's thing, like mm-hmm. you know, like your All your husband stay sad. Yeah, 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 your husband dies, you wear black for a year, or is lose Portuguese relatives, you know, the rest of their life essentially. Oh good lord! <laughs> you know, where this is two months out, and he's still wearing black, and you know, Uncle King is like, why are you being such a, you know, such a pussy? get over it? Yeah, the, but, dead, are, yeah. the dead
1: are
0: too how does yeah he said but the dead are dead well yeah. well actually i have i have one of the, the lines here line. which just to give you know in case you forgot from your high school days the density of the words we're talking about he's talking uh, this is claudius talking to hamlet that's uncle king talking yes. to mopey son um or mopey nephew but you must know your father lost a father that father lost lost his and the survivor-bound in filial obligation for some term to do obsequious sorrow, but to persevere in obstinate condolment is a course of impious stubbornness. So...
3: <laughs> and he says that in, like five seconds.
0: Yeah. Substantially faster than I just did. And that does not stop. Like there's a reason why these things get edited down. It is not merely so that this ends up, I think it was like the second longest film when it was made oh, it, except behind Cleopatra. Yeah. It,
2: it missed Cleopatra by one minute. By yeah. one minute.
0: <laughs> this, is, this is why most films opt to just eschew the intermission
2: well, and I, all of the... I thought that Tarantino's movies incorporated a lot of monologue. He didn't have nothing yeah. on fucking Shakespeare <laughs> no. Wow yeah. and with
3: with the uh, plays and I always found that odd in a play the the aside speaking where mm-hmm. in there's no way to illustrate somebody is talking to themselves or having thoughts so right. they just have monologues mm-hmm. where they just... Everybody shut the fuck up right now. I'm going to step forward, and um, this is how I'm feeling or thinking. hmm And uh, they still do that in the movie adaptations. Yes. Because, again, you don't want to... There's no reason to make that disconnect, because it still doesn't make sense to have... Because then he would have a physical pause... And then just talking in his head, which I've always found looking ridiculous, mm-hmm. well, and rather than just say it.
0: This movie is still slightly culpable in that. I mean, this movie is not without its faults, There, are, of which there are several. One of them is it has some occasional goofiness in the way that it presents certain things, like the asides. Yeah. There are, the first line Hamlet ever says in the movie is in his head. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that, that happens a handful of times, and not often enough to justify it. Although, if I was going to pick a bone with the movie, which I don't necessarily want to do this early. Uh, adapting a play is a tough thing. I mean, putting on a play, if if this movie demonstrates anything about Shakespeare, it is just how daunting a task it is to perform something like this in the first place. I mean, these people get, Branagh gets as many tries as he wants. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, that's, and, I saw Richard III on on the stage, mm-hmm. and yeah, that guy had to memorize A lot of lines. Mm -hmm. And well, they had to convey
0: everything that they had this castle for. Like, they have to do all of this stuff. And it's funny because occasionally the production production budget, which mostly went toward the actors, uh, cameos, etc. But a couple of times when they needed to splurge on it, they didn't do a fantastic job with that. Um, And it's actually kind of disappointing that one of the goofiest scenes in the whole movie is right up front with the ghost that was oh yeah that is a little silly
3: everything with i I think the ghost in general is just poorly done not displaying that they are talking to a spirit because then they go back on it and have hamlet directly addressing his father well that's part of the story in the round Mm -hmm. that's that's part of the story is that he only talks to hamlet yeah but well well, no but being physically in the room in the film whereas in the beginning they're just kind of talking at the sky from the perspective of the ghost oh yeah no that was weird
0: yeah, well, and that he apparently does only appear to certain people. Yeah. Which, I mean, maybe that's uh, maybe that's on William Shakespeare at that point, but...
3: uh no, these lore of ghosts by William Shakespeare. Like, the
0: practical effects in this movie of a supernatural kind all kind of suck in exactly the way they do in a play. So, like,
3: it's no better. Oh, the ghosts, like, shaking the earth? Yeah. Very reminiscent of the Evil Dead. <laughs> like
2: yeah i was shaking actually ground injecting yeah, fog and all of this like ground separating but it was like well, the was, same yeah, shot was of like ground stock separating footage, yeah that was... just kept getting intermixed and this is when when hamlet is speaking with his dad who is a ghost and he is in the dark <laughs> scary forest uh pursuing this and then the ghost like uh ghost dad looked like
3: ghost dad I, dad yeah, yeah dad king exactly. dad yeah 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 with my spray painted beard and very fake eyes. Yes, and the yeah. fake
2: eyes. He came across to me as like a like a bad guy on like a Disney ride cuz mm-hmm. he had kind of an animatronicy look mm-hmm. to the oh. way he was painted he up Adla- and even the way he sounded. Yeah, he yeah. looks
3: Atlantean. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he looks he looks like a sea king.
2: Okay, I do have a little side tidbit. Um the castle that the castle front that is used uh in the film, it is it, it's in a it was Winston Churchill's childhood home at Blenheim Castle. Blenheim Castle. So that is where uh, Churchill grew up, that castle that Hamlet. And he turned into in in Hamlet. Yes.
0: <laughs> the interior isn't that castle. Though. No, the,
2: uh, the ex, the, yeah. it's the exterior shots of the castle. Mm. The interior is a, a set that is designed around the main hall mm-hmm. where the original celebration is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there is a bunch of... Doors and two-way mirrors around said hall, where the action basically takes in in play. It takes place like in and out of the passageways between this main room and the side corridors that come off it.
3: Hamlet's castle is actually a house reconstructed from episodes of Scooby-Doo. There are nothing but secret doors, and long hallways for people one to way, run. One in way and out.
0: mirrors, yes. false bookshelves. I really, it's pretty good. I really do kind. Of, I, it's not specific to this movie. There are actually a lot of, a lot of palatial estates have this. But I kind of want to make a flush door mm-hmm. that looks like it's part of the wall on both sides. Well, you I have, think I'm going to experiment with that? You
1: have made it at that point, right? Yeah, it's, I think so. That's a Jack Donaghy Thirty Rock quote. You know, I didn't get a bathroom door that looks like a wall. By being bad at business. <laughs> but, so, I one of my favorite a- aspects of this movie is the set itself. And I think that it is a good representation of the ins and outs, if you will, of the plot as well, right? You talked about secret chambers, secret doors, mirrors moving mm-hmm. through these things. Because the thing, and the play it does have a sense of duality about it. Hamlet is, uh, for those of you who don't know, is bent on a revenge quest by his father's ghost uh, to exact revenge. In a
0: Shakespeare play?
1: Revenge? I know, it's shocking stuff, but he is on a mission of revenge, and he, uh, in a sense, he is to play insane, to play mad, and to continue to go further and further insane as the plot moves forward in order to hide his attempts to reveal his uncle's murder of his father and, of course, to then punish him for said murder as well and it's better to be suspicious for being crazy than
3: suspicious of murder
1: exactly yeah. and so the film kind of takes over this but then you know I, I think that too like what if if you know hamlet you probably know hamlet for two key things right one is the famous uh, alas poor yorick scene when he's holding uh, holding the skull and if you've ever seen you know a skull around a place that you immediately i think would think of hamlet but then of course you get the second probably or even perhaps the most famous um part of the play and that is of course the to be or not to be uh, uh, speech that he gives, and the way that this movie leads into it. I mean, if you've seen the play before, you know it's coming. But if you've never seen it before, it's suddenly here, and it's very, very cool and well done. In that the camera and and he sets it up so so well as it moves as it moves through the the scene, and people are coming in and out, and and then all of a sudden Hamlet's in the hall, and he turns and he's looking at himself in the mirror. And then he begins, you know, to be or not to be. That is the question whether, you know, and then he moves on with it as he's looking at himself in the mirror. But then is also, of course, looking at the people who are spying on him, telling and giving the speech at the same time. And the movie plays on these little tricks, plays on these little scenes of people watching and eavesdropping and trying to find out what the actual motivation is. So there's this there's this idea of revealing the hidden that is within Hamlet as people put layers in front of them. And their true motivations hide behind and people trying to evince these these motivations and, and their true desires out from these things. It's very cool and I think really, really well done in the choice of, you know, this kind of almost overly complex set that he has for the, fil- uh, for the film. It, it, I,
2: I did think that that was really do- well done. And in one of the the reviews uh, I was reading, it was talking about how it, it it creates a nice feel because Hamlet, even during all these outbursts and the monologues, he is still i mean there's still people around because everything takes place in the court and there's always people so like there, you know people are seeing this stuff go down like as Mm. they're seeing how he reacts to things and with the two-way mirrors they did a couple of really clever things Mm -hmm. not only the to be or not to be but when he has the ophelia and you're and he's rather angry i don't know which you know speech this was right but um, he's very angry.
3: It was the take, her t- take the to a nunnery. Yes, 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 get thee yes. to, the, to the, the nunnery, the yes. Nunnery. Yeah. yes.
2: Um, <laughs> and he has her pressed up against the mirror, and then we as the viewers are seeing the other side of, mm-hmm. of this transaction, so we're not actually in the room when they're arguing, but we can we're see everything it. that's happening through the two-way mirror as he, like, pushes her face yeah, up against and it, and the and it, glass. And it
1: has that effect on us. We can yeah. see her, you know, we can see the violence that is within, yeah. that is, that is within this exchange. Because it's uncomfortable,
2: because you know that this is not something that we should be watching. And yet, you know, we we have the uh, you know we can because of this two way mirror, right. it was a very cool way of handling it. Well, um, it's
3: weirdly, it, oh sorry, you? do other films take that? Um, I would say that's almost like, se- uh, like almost second person. Yes, yeah, voyeurism. That, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a voyeuristic. Yeah. What other films? That's do a do common. That hor- that's, that's, that's that's a horror. horror. Yeah, I suppose so.
0: Yeah, no. don't I mean, go in um, there. Is entirely based yeah. on the idea that you're watching someone commit an act and you're helpless. Psycho, the yeah.
2: camera goes second person oh, in yeah. a couple different yeah, so instances. it is more of a horror
0: trope, which it, makes it the tends, intensity of the scene. It tends because that's the investment you get in a horror film yeah. that's not present in most other films, all, as frequently at least,
3: yeah. as it is in a horror film. But having an intense, thrilling moment of, you know, somebody acting unstable, um, that's a really fantastic way to illustrate that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah, And it was funny with with that set the way it's constructed where almost everything happens in that one ballroom with the doors they just drape it differently depending yeah. on what the occasion is and that does that behaves very much like the set of a play yeah. where yeah. you've got the one area but they, there is they a, made a really good set for it yeah yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> but there's there's a weird crucial difference where we get to see you know Ophelia being taken advantage of in that scene to to some extent, Mm -hmm. being taken advantage of at an angle that is impossible for a play. It is something that can only happen in a movie. And in fact, because of the way the stage is set up, uh, the camera is always present. Like, the camera is always in a physical location. Mm -hmm. It is never actually behind the fourth wall the way it is in a play for everyone all the time, which means that the movie does get to take advantage of a set of perspectives that are all impossible for a real version of the play the and movie is actually- the movie is in every scene portraying something that is actually impossible in its original format
2: but it it but they did it really i but it work it it still works because you still like it doesn't lose the fact that it's a play but it just like incorporates all of this little technology that you can't do on the stage and and i I don't feel like it. It took it too far away from like its play roots, but it did, like. It, it worked with but what it was. Really well. it, yeah. Yeah. it because, worked really well, yeah. Because like you said, you still have like your your main stage, but because you know the camera can move around, you get all the secret passages. So you can get to see all the dirt that's going on behind. You know, well, it was it was. I, I like the way they employed it. I, yeah. I thought it was. I thought. It oh, was that's good. not a slight
0: against it. Yeah. That was that was. F- they took full advantage yeah. of having a real camera. Yeah. The sets sets need to you know
1: story tell right sets sets need to set atmosphere and at the very at the very best sets add to the experience and drama of or you know not the drama but the experience and tension or heighten the different aspects of the film and I think this accomplishes it very well and what the f- a couple of other famous sets that you can kind of compare this to is the house in Fight Club and the hotel in The Shining uh, both of those sets are very 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 famous also and then i think also kubrick you know is very does sets really really ex- expertly uh, but the spaceship from 2001 yes. is really really amazing to see how you know in that scene when he's jogging through the through the, the 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 through the spaceship and things like that there's just these you know these moments that kind of heighten and you know distance us and but also demonstrate exactly where we are but then once again kind of reveal a lot about what is going on in the story here and you know it is just once again, I mean, Kenneth Branagh famous. I mean, he's like, you know, he had had the ability to make this film and, you know, getting the amount of money he got to film in 70 millimeter in the 1990s, a four hour version of Hamlet. I mean, you know, this isn't exactly the elevator pitch that guarantees you a fucking successful (laughs) check that someone's going to cut you. Right. I mean, and still, you know, I think he he had some boldness in his vision and what he hoped to accomplish by this. And I think that he for the most part, I mean, can we get a, a, a fucking amen on this? pulled it off yeah. i mean this yeah. is like I, it was really good. really good i enjoyed I it way more
2: th- it. yeah no. i enjoyed it way more than i thought i was going to Yeah, yeah.
0: again it's hokey in spots but barring those I, little bits I, as I,
3: somebody who digs hokey
0: uh, <laughs> as someone who digs hokey i think it was on the wrong side of hokey
3: sometimes. no i think
1: that i think he made a i think he made the broad artistic decision to not play hamlet mopey I mean, it's hokey or mopey. Yeah, those are your choices <laughs> with oh, Hamlet, yeah. I think, and I think he. Oh no, no,
0: no! I didn't mean hokey. I know, i yeah. fucking no, yeah. I'm I'm around, yeah. yeah, but
1: like no, but I think, but I think that where the hokiness kind of does come from it is that a the movie will shift tone like. You know or you know, well, that's the special arena horror movie, are still
2: a little, but a he little goes hokey. for it. He
1: doesn't hold, I mean, what this the last scene as he before the intermission when he's um going with Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, he gives the this really another really famous speech to this huge vista that exposes this massive <laughs> <Yeah>. Norwegian army. <laughs> army. I mean, it's it is just he's going, he's shooting and he's for the rappers, yelling, yeah, he's, the whole time, and well, it's like you, I mean, we're come on, man, you know, but he he doesn't hold back from it, and once again, I think that. While those moments maybe don't ring as as heightened as if they were scaled down, what is also great is that he fucking raises up all the other moments as well, and that's why he said this thing is long but not slow because he, I think, made an overall decision that once again this is not going to be an introspective Hamlet. I mean, this is a Hamlet who is projecting outward his desires and what he wants to see manifest, and the and the meditations that kind of come from that are always and and appear to appeared to me to be in his consideration of what to do next. They're not like, oh, this is so tough and so difficult. He's like, no, I've got to I've got to forsake the woman I love in order to make this happen and when we consider what the decisions and implications of this are, I mean, is someone only their own actions, right? Or is someone meant to have or hold themselves to higher standards, right? To the woman he loves or the, or the the filial love that he feels for his father and the revenge that that is driving him towards. It's fucking very very cool and it makes his it makes his internal deliberations seem more relevant, because now how he decides
0: these things will be shown to us in the play. And his tail is not tucked beneath his legs while yeah. doing it the way that it ordinarily would be so, with a brooding character. Yes. Oh. I would
3: Sorry. like to defend its hokiness as a way of... If it were made now, if they were to make a Hamlet in the same vein that this one was like made... Like a Hamlet 2? <sighs> <laughs> uh, no, a Hamlet like in the style of this. No, no, it would be... The dark gritty broody hamlet we would go back to that because it would be serious and i would like i think that the increments of how hokey or you know reminiscent of a play it can be helps keep it vivid it doesn't it doesn't turn it back into the hamlet that everybody else has portrayed Mm -hmm. it's lively it's fast it's exciting where there's not a colossal amount of action through the whole film but you're engaged Mm -hmm. And even if it does make you kind of look at it a little funny for being a bit (laughs) weird, at least you're looking at it. At least you're not bored. Yes.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, okay, so there was two... That's what I thought I was going to be. There was two particularly manic and exuberant Hamlet uh, moments that Mm -hmm. I really, really enjoyed in this film. I'm
3: going to get hype about one of them.
2: Okay. (laughs) Now, the first one was when... The player, when the uh, troupe of actors come to the court and Hamlet writes a little play for them to perform. Mm -hmm. And during this play, he is going to watch Uncle Dad, Claudius, to see his reactions because this play is going to be more or less about what he thinks happened between Uncle Dad and Real Dad. Yes. And it starts out where the actors are performing, and we actually, I guess, and this is one of the things that commonly gets cut out of Hamlet's, is we don't get to see what the words of this play within this play is. Usually Mm -hmm. they kind of gloss over this. But we get to see that this, this play pretty much just points the finger at, Claudius and is like it is you
0: specifically the middle. Yeah. It is a yeah. straw man blog. Yes, you
2: <laughs> you did this, and this is how you did this, and well,
0: and not even it also even covers his mom.
2: Yes,
3: like it, it's literally it's just both of them. Yeah, it being, incriminates and everybody like, in
2: the room. Basically, he's like
3: and he's yes. like interrupting his own play that he wrote and be like, wow, that's really fucked up. If that really happened, huh? Just yeah. like getting yeah. up in their. Face what do you think about, about that? Yeah, yeah. So
2: instead of just watching the reactions, like he said he was gonna do because he actually hired somebody to watch the reactions. (laughs) He gets right in the middle of the play and stares Claudius down.
3: Like, basically squat stance behind an actor staring at his parents. Yes,
2: And uh, that was... Awesome. I mean, not only is it a, like it's a turning point in the actual story itself because it's it's the first time like Claudius is like, oh shit, like everything's not all happy around mm-hmm. here. And
3: normally that would be a dark, serious, broody thing, but, that, but he's so it fucking is sassy, so
2: over the top, and uh, it was so well done. That was that was an excellent, excellent it was scene.
3: My favorite part of the film. <laughs>
2: Very good. I'm not alone on that. Okay, so my 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 other favorite Hamlet uh, manic moment is when. He's at. He's talking to the grave digger, you mm-hmm. know. And he he does the what is it? The Jonas Yorick. Yorick. Yeah. You know, he goes through that speech with the Yorick, and then he with goes with Billy ba- Crystal. Yes, Billy Crystal, and then he goes back and hides because there's going to be a funeral, you know. <laughs> and they carry it out, and it just happens to be Ophelia, mm-hmm. and who Hamlet had not gotten the message.
1: Well, and we that, should say as well, they're having to bury her kind of surreptitiously because she has committed suicide. Yes. And, and that they're is, insistent on giving her a Christian burial, but they don't do it in the open. And so that's why he's... They've kind, made they, a lot of concessions. That's why he, yes. That's why he stumbled upon a high-ranking woman's funeral in yes. the middle of the night. So,
2: yeah. and, and Hamlet just finds out this news. And Hamlet basically explodes out of the woods yes. onto the scene of the funeral to let everybody know how he feels <laughs> about the situation. Yes.
0: Which is made... All of the art was made even better when Laertes basically gets into a shouting match with him about how sad they are. Okay, Laertes is Ophelia's brother who has returned yes. to yes. see her sis-
1: his sister dead. And
0: he's, he's busy being outraged about the desecration of her for the suicidal for the suicidal character of her burial, Mm -hmm. he's, like, glambasting the priest, which I think is what makes Hamlet even notice it's going on. Mm -hmm. So he's yelling, and then Hamlet comes (laughs) over and goes, I'm yelling! And then they get, they just, and I think they're even, like, they've got their boys holding
2: them back. Yeah, there's a lot of posturing.
3: They're expressing yes, like Fraternity-styled, hold me back, bro, or I'm a slugum. Yeah, so
2: that, that was my my second favorite, you know, emotional Hamlet moment uh, in the film. I, I really liked that.
1: Yeah, his his uh, the way Branagh did his un- coming unhinged moments, especially to Polonius, who, by the way, Hamlet kills, and that's the father of Ophelia, and it's one of the reasons she goes off the deep end and kills herself. Polonius which, is my favorite character. Yeah, in this movie. I, well, okay, I, I, I like Polonius. Claudius. Okay, so I want to get into that in just a second. I want to talk about how much <laughs> I love the other actors before I get done with before I get done with Ke- Sir Kenneth. You know? Fair enough. So. But his his coming unhinged and his interactions with Polonius, who you know Hamlet is a little bit suspicious of anyway, the bile and viciousness which with which with he treats that character treats Polonius is very very well done. I mean it's he can I think he can you get the sense that he can finally tell him what he thinks about him while pretending to be insane, and I think that he kind of like relishes that. Yeah, because he knows
2: Polonius is out of his element. Well,
1: Polonius is the consummate politician who who is so demure and will only say what is seemingly necessary without actually saying anything and hamlet is clearly done with this in his life you know like yeah. no, the moment of subtlety for hamlet
0: has long passed
1: it's and like,
3: what are you some kind of fishmonger what are you doing here yeah <laughs> he's like and so
0: he goes it's just it's so it's, he didn't even know who i was he thought i was a fishmonger yeah. <laughs> just, but he's he's just he's just like hamlet's having
1: fun and i'm like Hamlet, as a character, has fun in this fucking play? Like, okay, good.
3: Like, I'm down. I'm ready to do this now. It's what keeps you engaged, because you can be sad or you can be salty. Right. And he is Dead Sea quality salty <laughs> through this whole film.
0: Well, what, what does he take away from the grave? And this was entirely a Branagh touch, because this was not in the original play. What does... There's only one indication of the graveyard scene affecting Hamlet after he uh, holds the skull. And that is, he puts on this ridiculous looking skull mask to scare Polonius. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the one other time that scene matters. And he Yeah, it's it's it's
1: just cool to like see how this film kind of adapts and and you know twists around these when because you 'cause you've seen Hamlet several times like like I have, or if you've you know, if you had any exposure to the play, you know, they probably told you about you know what it's about and the themes and you know as you go through it. And then it's just is nice to see. Someone take a different approach to the film in general, and like I said, to have it not seem like like it's a filmed play and yet still kind of hone and pay homage to that is both enjoyable and refreshing at the same time. And man, it is like I can't. I'll just say it again. Kenneth Branagh is very, very good actor in this film. He is very, very good, and I know that he gets multiple takes to do it, obviously, which you know aids to the the development. (laughs) But I think. You know, we've talked before in this podcast about movies that make, you know, that, that maybe make small decisions right, a, a lot of small decisions right, but get, but get like big decisions wrong. I think that he got the big decisions right in this film. And yeah, I really yeah. do. I really think he made the big decisions right. And while there might have been some missteps on the smaller decisions,
2: as the big picture, yeah, but no, this, it. this,
1: yeah, this is oh, this is almost pitch perfect as far as Shakespeare I've seen. Yeah. No.
0: Good old hokiness. Yeah, no, Polonius. I just I I admire Polonius as a character, not only because he's he's pretty much perfectly cast as whoever the hell that guy is. Um Derek
3: Jacob. No, no that's, that's, Claudius. Claudius. Oh, that's Claudius. Oh, I'll get on I'll get into that in just a second.
0: Polonius was played by Richard Bryers, who, fittingly enough, has done a lot of theater work. <laughs> Polonius's character, in order for him to have the appropriate level of depth where he doesn't either seem like he's just a doting father figure or like a buffoon you need a character that looks respectable and behaves as such when necessary and i think the guy they got for polonius does a magnificent job of that because up front he does just seem to be he, he falls into one of two camps in your head when you run into him he's either just there as a perfunctory to kind of sit behind laertes he's like a plot character like yeah. he doesn't really tongue. matter he doesn't really yeah, matter. Yeah. I get to that. Yeah, I'll, I'll get with you
3: on Sorry, second. what was the a worm tongue? He just kind of speaks to important. Yeah, people? Yeah, yeah. He doesn't
0: really affect the action. Yeah. He's he's there mechanistically, but he's totally not. And for yeah. reasons, he oh, stands brought out on up, his own, This whole he, he is essentially the foil to. Um, he's essentially the foil to Hamlet in the movie, where Hamlet is exceptionally sensitive to what's going on in the broadest possible sense Mm -hmm. and loses all the minutiae in the process. Polonius knows nothing but details. Yeah. And he is, he's drowned in them and he's, he's an expert with those details, Mm -hmm. but he follows them too far. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that causes him to, you know, be, he's not distrusted by anyone except for Mm -hmm. Hamlet. Yeah. He's a, he does a very good job of Mm -hmm. being trustworthy. Um, but he shouldn't trust himself as often as he probably does. And he's willing He to makes
3: speak. some poor decisions.
0: Yeah, he makes yeah. a lot of very poor decisions. Uh, and some of them involve talking out of turn, but only in the presence of Hamlet. Mm-hmm.
3: And he keeps trying to organize the speech of others, which can only do wrong for you. He's telling people who to talk to, oh, what they should be saying. Yeah. Oh, he's giving out advice yeah.
1: left and right. Well, and that's not also, I think, fail to mention that he has perhaps one of the most famous lines in this play when he is, when Laertes, his son at the beginning of the play is going to leave, <laughs> and he of course gives Laertes a litany of things that, or fatherly advice, and of course the most famous line of this fatherly fatherly advice is to thine own self be true, and yet he of course is the active
0: embodiment of exactly the opposite yeah. principle. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were going to go a different way where this is... It's, Brevity is the soul of wit. Oh God! Oh, that is, that's
1: later on when he's talking to the king. But when he's yeah. talking to Laertes, and he and he mentions the idea of, of "to thine own self be true," and I think that once again he he is set up to be Hamlet's foible in many ways, which is that Hamlet is clearly upset, and he's also clear uh, about the situation between his mother and, and his uncle. But he is also fairly upset that no one else seems to be bothered by this. I mean, Polonius is yeah. the is the guy yeah. that look, you can't, you know, th- this is the way things are. You fucking move on, and this is the way things are.
3: And you and know, Hamlet. Hamlet Hamlet holds gravity to what is going on still, and And, uh, he's upset that that is discordant with everyone around him. Yes, exactly, and he is like, and Polonius like
1: reflects this back in his face, and that's when I think that you really get the sense that he is, that he will like, I think he targets Polonius for (laughs) the specific idea that he is like, no, you, you, this shit's fucked up, and everyone knows it's fucked up, and you're only going along with it because you're wanting to tell the emperor that he has clothes on when we can all see that he doesn't. And you know, Hamlet, of course, is in the unique position of being almost untouchable being, you know, the dead father's, you know, he's the yeah. heir, he's the heir, he's heir the parents. Plants. Yeah, exactly. The, but he has that ability to do that. And yet he, you know, really resents the fact that there are, that it happened and that there, it is being accepted. And I think those are come to, separated from each other to a certain extent. But once again, you know, you you get the sense that the people that he, um, that Hamlet surrounds himself with, uh, I think only the really the two characters that are sympathetic to his age you know, also kind of share and recognize that, you know, they're like, you know, yeah, Hamlet, that, that's that's fucked up, you know, like they kind of they kind of <laughs> yeah. acknowledge it with him, too. And that's why I think he kind of finds that, you know, if anyone might be following uh, Polonius's advice is to thine own self be true. It is Hamlet. In a, in a kind of ironic sense, to a sense. lesser extent, Horatio. Yes, Horatio. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yes, his friend. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah, Horatio had his back. Well,
1: and, and ironically enough, so uh, Laertes his, as well, because he is he is truly motivated by the death of his father, who Hamlet kills, and the death of his sister also. And I think who that, Hamlet kills. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, in a roundabout <laughs> way. Yeah, yeah, but he forgives him. Yes, but but I think that's kind of one of the more interesting points is that there is this kind of sense that you know it, we do see a little mini Hamlet in Laertes to a certain extent. I think.
0: Oh, with Laird, he's absolutely. Although his station is lower enough that he gets to be haggard, and uh, his mustache is not nearly as fly as Kenneth Branagh's. The no, that that, that, yeah.
1: that that is some crisp facial. That is that, some brandy that, sipping fucking facial hair Yeah, and hair
2: that, right that, there. that blonde that 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 blonde yeah. hair was. I'm He just glowed. <laughs> well.
3: <laughs> Blonde looks good on him. The way they did blonde in that movie was kind of weird.
2: <laughs> it was... He was so blonde. Like, yeah. that, was the, that was the other... My other initial thought, like, as soon as he, I was like, God damn, he is blonde. <laughs>
0: that was an Aryan Hamlet going yeah. on. Right here. Captured in large format film. 70 millimeter, bitch. Let it shine. Yeah, so no. Uh, Polonius needed to be played by someone... Of that cal- of that caliber of like air yeah. for his character to get pulled out, and I'm glad that he did. And I assume Ryan, to some extent, that's why you like Claudius. Yes,
3: absolutely. He the air. The Otherwise, that- they would have come off as hokey. Yeah, exactly. They, counter- they counteract a lot of the um, set wise, or you know.
0: They can't be. They can't be too melodramatic. They cannot. Yeah, the, st- the, ca- the way characters that they, are never hokey. The way they stand out has to be with the way they carry themselves. Well, yeah. and he, they're, let's not forget they're manipulators. I mean,
1: you know, Claudia, Claudius schemed the death yeah. of the king to replace him. I mean, you yeah. don't and pull well, that and off later, and not be shit at and it. And you know? he, <laughs>
2: s- he basically manipulates Laertes in a huge scheme to get back at Hamlet. Yes.
1: and Okay, okay so Claudius is Derek Jacoby, who, he's the greatest actor you've never heard of, and um, I, my first exposure, I was turned on to iClaudius, which is a great book, by the way. If we ever do Catch 22, which we're doing a month, we should do iClaudius after that. But anyway, uh, Robert Graves, he was in <laughs> oh, World now. War One. he's great. Anyway. Um, goodbye, to, anyway. Derek Jacobi starred in a,
0: Claudius in two different movies.
1: Who, what? D- Derek
0: Jacobi? Y- yeah, you yeah, said. Yeah, he plays I Claudius,
1: the Emperor, and then he plays Claudius in, in, in Hamlet. Hamlet as Excellent. well. Oh, yeah, okay. it's absolutely that's why awesome. he has
2: the cred to be the king. <laughs>
1: yes, and so he. If you check my CV, yeah, you yeah. see Claudius. As a, yeah, checked it twice. <laughs> but he, um, but he is one of the better actors in Britain that came out of a very strong generation, and the way that he portrays that and the subtlety with which he has to Express the kind of genuineness and the first scene that really I mean the first actual scene uh between the main characters is Claudius and Hamlet as you as he gives that speech yeah. um to the, to, the, yeah, to the grieving Hamlet Quit being at such the wedding. A bitch. Yeah, exactly. It's been a month already. But there is this sense that, you know, because this is in front of people also that they, you know, you could at the beginning of the film you could almost think that, you know, that he cares for Hamlet. You know, like I mean, there is I found some very, very well Acted double talk, so to speak, going on <laughs> yeah. within that well, character. Well, I, yeah,
2: I didn't feel like he like, necessarily started disliking him until he realized. Well,
1: until the play, yeah, until yeah. he, he gets called out, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And which is, but once again, the concern that he feels is both held, and yet he could, of course, understand that Hamlet might, you know, still wearing the yeah. black, which is why he would bring it up at
3: the beginning well, of that. Well, he shows the subtlety that he knows people are watching. Whenever yes. he's talking to Hamlet, someone else is in the room, and the way he speaks. Is genuine enough for someone else to think that it's fine. Mm-hmm. But from Hamlet's point of view, you understand where they both are. Absolutely.
0: My favorite affectation of the way Claudius is played, which he has which it has to be because to some extent he is a cloak and dagger operation the way he got in, it always feels like he's remembering that he has to keep his chin up. Yeah. Yeah. He is constantly like it's just every time he goes into a scene, he thinks and then Brings himself to his kingly yes. bearing, like he's not used to it at all. Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm running this shit. Yeah, the way and the Gotta and keep to together. to your point about Jacoby being fantastic for the role, he's he's another perfect fit for the person. Uh, when Polonius gets murdered and they're trying to get that information out of Hamlet,
3: mm-hmm.
0: it's clear that Jacob j- at that point. Yeah. He's got a lot on his mind because Hamlet is really close to him. Hamlet's also clearly insane; just murdered a friend. He is
2: just and he's sleeping with Hamlet's mom, which is going to look bad on the marital front. He's clearly distraught, (laughs) and in
0: a and in despite of the fact that in every scene he's kind of got that watching his back, but he needs to act like everything's fine thing going. He's like losing his composure, and he does a beautiful job portraying that right up until he smacks Hamlet in the face. Mm Which he has to, like, psych himself up for, yeah. him and you can see it. Come on, you got this. Uh, yeah. So Yeah, no, it's like, you but I have to... And he's literally like, you know, I have to be, but I need I need to be mad. Yeah. But I need, like... And he does a fantastic job of layering that. Well, there was... It reminds me when I took... Okay, my senior year of high school, I took a TV production class,
1: and we did, like, a little, like... We did, like, a week of acting in it. <laughs> but one of the things that they had us do in the class was that... um You know, they'd like put it on us, put like put you under the spotlight, you know, on the TV camera, and you had to like act a certain way, but hide the fact, but hide your true emotion, right? So they'd say, All right, your character's happy, but your character's trying to hide the fact that they're happy. That's just working
3: fast food. Well, okay, great. Yeah. So, but (laughs) only the expression is always miserable covered with happy. Yes. So,
1: but like you, when you begin to think about the layers that are kind of, of of how you layer emotions, I mean, you just, you do it naturally to a certain extent. It's almost like, You'd have to you have to feel it on a sub level and then think about what you're controlling rather than th- thinking you're happy and then thinking about how to control it and it's just to, to, once again try to try that out to see how difficult it is and to understand how really good in the nuance that Derek Jacoby Jacoby is in in gaining and having and sustaining this kind of performance because yeah. it's one thing to do it on a play a, a once a night but you got to remember and one of the challenges of acting in film is being able to conjure up and hold these ideas consistent. Over the course, course of a three-month shoot, yeah. you know, it's, like that is is, is yeah. a different level of order difficulty than acting on the stage. Well,
2: and part of the reason that Claudius was able to be such a strong character in this particular version of Hamlet is because all the lines were included. And Claudius is one of the people whose lines usually get, you know, they, they scrape sense. off some of his stuff mm-hmm. to shorten the play. So he usually doesn't get the opportunity to become... As complex of a character in a lot of the more bridged versions. Yeah,
3: because in most cases where somebody is trying to be two-faced, they completely cover it up to where they just look like a psychopath. Yeah. Real people are suppressing emotions all the time Mm -hmm. if they are trying to portray a different emotion on top of it. It has to vent out somewhere, even if subtly, how they really feel in the present, like, when he's talking to Hamlet for the first time, there are a few moments where he does, in fact, bring his chin back up because Mm -hmm. he needs to feel a certain way at a certain time. There are other points where his voice drops, or he's trying to look at something else. There's a discomfort within himself, and you're able to see it but also to the point at which it's not apparently obvious of being nervous. Right.
0: Well, And to Nicole's point about adding the extra lines, mm-hmm. a couple of those lines are bureaucratic yeah. in nature. And the, the problem is that's necessary to make it seem like Claudius is not merely the murderer. Which, yeah. Which in yeah. the abridged versions they of Hamlet, that's usually he's, where just, he comes across he's as. just a yeah. fucking just the murderer on a throne. Yeah. Like yeah. he doesn't have anything, as opposed to, Fortinbras in general is excised from a lot of versions of Hamlet because you just you just take everything that's outside the castle out of the movie and it's it, yeah. and it cuts a good half hour of the movie yeah. out. But it also eliminates the need for Claudius to care about what's going on in the world. Yes, like it literally. Yeah, you lose context. Yeah, like it it makes it seem like Claudius is literally just having a great time <laughs> with Hamlet's mom. Yeah, and. That's not the ki- He's the king now. Yes. And actually, it makes the entire end of the movie make sense in a way that it wouldn't otherwise. Because without that context, without Claudius having been distracted, he might have noticed that Norway wanting passage, like this was Hamlet's yeah. revelation <laughs> mm-hmm. when he gets passed by the messenger is like, oh, yeah, no, we just want to. Send this army through, through yeah. Denmark to a useless patch of land. A, that yeah. Neither
3: of us are actually going to fight about.
0: And Claudius is so distracted he doesn't even. He's like, notice.
2: yeah, that's, that's fine. It's cool. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah whatever. This is a, this is business we will attend to at a later time. <laughs> like he just he's he's got too much going, on. and that's completely not apparent in abridged versions. Well, yeah. In abridged
2: version, you're like, oh, this other army came just to clean up everything. Yeah. How convenient. Yeah. A little yeah. law and business is. Unusual, yeah, it's
3: like a Greek tragedy yeah. where the chorus comes in at the end and sweeps away all of us. And, yeah, you know, It just looks like a DSX mocking machina. Yeah, okay, away, exactly. Like, yeah. But everything will be okay. There's a new king from somewhere else. Yeah, <laughs> sing us out, George. And then the credits roll, you know, we're like, here we go. But then,
1: oh. but also, t- okay, so to ra- uh, this, because Wednesday is my favorite, so I want to claim a little Claudius here. Yeah. Um, one of the other good things, too, structurally within the movie is that the, you know, the villain is a little one-sided in the abridged version, so I absolutely agree with you. And the two great scenes with Claudius is, is uh, him praying as Hamlet uh, debates or considers murdering him while he prays. That's a decent little scene in the movie, not my favorite. But then, in terms of acting and Jer- Derek Jack- Jacobi's performance in particular, is the scene where he convinces or manipulates uh, a, you know, bereft uh, Laertes, whose sister and father has died, when he begins on hatches the plan to murder hamlet and that sets up the final climactic um you know encounter of the play and the, the movie yeah the duel yeah. and it's really great just on a subtle idea which is that if you've ever had to deal with people in power you it is usually good to have a skill where you were able to suggest things to where you're able to get people to do what you want them to do and have them think that they thought of the idea to do it and this is a perfect example I made an entire yes. movie about that what is that? Inception. Yes, absolutely. I, yes. So, in this sense, William Shakespeare and Claudius, the first inceptors.
0: Bomb.
1: <laughs> but he, but it is it is a very very well constructed scene, and it is a very very well acted scene also in the film too, where you know you have um, you know you have the uh, Claudius uh, uh, you know talking him down from the peak, but then moving him back to the peak and putting his life... I mean, he's... Yeah. Laertes. Like, no, at the you be- should be
3: way more mad about this. Yeah,
1: Laertes <laughs> at the beginning is wanting to exert, in, you know, wanting to throw himself helico- hell or high water, his, even if his own death results, in order to, you know, receive satisfaction for these deaths in his family. And in the scene, he gets, you know, Claudius pulls him back from the edge and then slowly walks him to the edge again to risk the exact same thing... But, but for him. yeah but, but for but not him.
2: Claudius's terms. Yeah, no, it's
1: very it's a very mm-hmm. subtly and very coolly worked scene and it is very very well acted and it was it was a scene I had not really appreciated up until this time also and it makes me think too that maybe this had been reduced or or cut down in a lot of versions I've seen also. It that just was, affected me in a, in a way that, that I not That was hadn't a good noticed.
2: scene too because I made a specific note of of that scene that was so That's dear, I felt that like is, that was a very give him the Oscar scene. that yeah. fucking
1: scene I was great <laughs> I love that scene
2: and it's funny because yeah like I thought that scene was very powerful but you know what was what I didn't find as powerful was like the very end like the end almost it's a little unceremonious it, it is which it's, is
3: weird because it's kind of a ceremony <laughs> 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 yeah, kind of guy. yeah, yeah because, a because
2: everything you know everything else it's not that it seems so big but it's by the time you've had all this build up, you know, you're four hours in and you, you know that everyone's gonna go down, but they don't like they don't make that over the top. Like it's almost like it just kind of fizzles fizzles out at that It follows through.
0: Well that's that's a weird uh that's a weird contrast to the way it would be in a play because at the point where they anoint Fortinbras, and especially if you had a pit band. Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. the final row, and you get applause. Yeah. Which the movie doesn't get. That's
2: what I mean. It just kind of... It's done.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. You know, everyone's on the floor, and...
0: uh, Zooms out a little bit. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. I I did think that
2: the... I did think that...
1: (laughs) I did think the duel held was well constructed. They... they, It was well choreographed. Yeah, he doesn't doesn't fuck
3: around. I mean, those guys are going after... Yeah, yeah, they're going for it. I remarked during the film, uh, they take their helmets off at one point, which... Getting two act- and it's the actors, not stunts, through most of it mm-hmm. because they're fairly close-up shots of the mm-hmm. actors engaging it's, each other. It, That's they, dangerous. They're
0: alternating doubles, but at least one of them is the yeah. real McCoy yeah. at all times. Yeah,
3: running towards a sword. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Go, swirling them around real, real quick. It's
0: <laughs> mm. scary. Suffer for your art. No, the duel. The duel was good. I, I assume Nicole, you're talking about after the duel when.
2: Yeah, just just kind of like the whole like wrap up. It's the just like like She's down. Got he's him. down. Hamlet's got a last couple of words, mm-hmm. and he's down, and we're done. Right? You know, but yeah. I mean, after the whole journey, it was you know you're almost <laughs> you're almost expecting like a little bit more blood splatter, Some I guess, farmers. at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. You know. I do um, like
3: that when somebody dies, they remark that they have died. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I have been slain. Yeah. I'm slain. <laughs> I wanted a carriage to explode.
1: You know, like a Michael Bay <laughs> film. You know, like.
2: Well, that's what I mean. You, you, you almost kind of like expect. I mean, because Hamlet is so.
3: The you know, exuberant so
2: in his emotion the whole time. You, you, know, you know, you almost imagine him just, you know, you just. See fireworks at the end because he's,
3: cooler heads prevailed. That's why Ford and Brass comes out yeah. on top. The the level of flair I think you're wanting is they do have.
2: Not it's not even that I'm wanting, but it's it's like you're almost expecting it by that. And point. I
3: think they tried because they have a chandelier like crash into <laughs> the already poisoned body of the king, like kind of just for funsies. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that chandelier needed to. Be on fire and then explode <laughs> upon the impact yeah. of the king. That way and then like everyone just of...
2: bum rushes in, yeah, like yeah. all yeah. at that one moment. Well, and
0: then the and then it triggers uh the foundation to collapse, and then the castle starts yep. running and you follow Horatio running down <laughs> the hallway yeah. with the glass shattering from the mirrors, and he stop he falls down and collapses at Ford and Brass's feet and goes, Yeah, let me tell you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, well, you that's know, what I
2: mean, yeah, you just, you walk, you walk into, like, a scene, it's just, like, blood and gore, it's smashed up everywhere, I'd you know?
0: For, I'd forgotten <laughs> Horatio's character when I, we started watching this again, and he seemed totally out of place until about halfway through. At which point, the way that he's got this, like, slightly haggard look and his mustache, like, he doesn't <laughs> look entirely comfortable in his skin. No.
3: And, Fortune Ross?
0: No, oh. uh, Horatio. Horatio, yeah, and that actually ends up working extremely well because he is privy to just a lot of shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he is the witness. He is the witness at the end of the movie.
2: Yeah, he's the guy the that has the, the ulcer at the like, end of the play. You
0: know. <laughs> so, so his perpetual grimace ends up working out fantastically for. His yeah, character. the fact that
3: he got away clean is impressive. Just, I oh, mean, kind of. Okay. No, so, trying to actively kill him, so yeah. he, he got away all right. Yeah.
1: So I wanted to just quickly kind of see here also, we've talked, um, uh, we've got uh, Kenneth Branagh, Derek Jacoby, um Julie Christie is, uh, is Love yeah, Julie, Julie Christie's Christie. so good. There's some, we could maybe spend some time, maybe get a, uh, maybe pick up some early work by Julie Christie, who plays the queen. Yeah. Um, Quite good, quite good. Yeah. Kate Winslet is Ophelia, not my favorite actress. Yeah, my uh, favorite I was first. a little
2: lukewarm on Ophelia, even the way they handled her. And okay, okay, you've got a note on this. I do have a note on this. So, I, at the initial downfall of Ophelia, I mean, she's running out in straight jackets and the little skull cap. Like, they've had her locked away in that padded room for years. Which is
1: just off the throne <laughs> Which room. Which is of just off the well. throne
2: room. They, they've stapled some... Uh, you know, some mattresses to a wall, I guess, to keep her in. Okay, so that's the first, like, really decline of Ophelia. But then all the scenes after that, she's just wearing, like, the usual, like, dressing gown shift. Mm-hmm. And I I thought that that was, like, a little weird. It was like, I, do we really need to, like, be, like, crazy, crazy, like, looking at yeah. straightjacket. It was crazy. more of a symbol. That's what I mean, but it, but it didn't. It wasn't consistent because she didn't. She wasn't wearing the crazy gear in the other right. like remaining couple of scenes that she has before she drowned herself. Right.
0: I mean, I ends up being slightly more subjective. I don't know that she necessarily sold it most of the time, though. Yeah.
2: No, I didn't. I, she, and, I didn't buy and her. Acting, as being and insane. acting wise, I thought that she was probably one of the weakest people in the cast. I mean, Jack Lemon was a little.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. Sir. Goofy,
2: but uh, you know, and, which and one's
0: Jack Lemmon? He was uh, one of the guards. At yes, the very Okay. Beginning. Yeah. No, he's yeah. pretty bad. He
2: was pretty bad, but I I feel like her performance was not nearly as strong and as the rest of the cast.
0: She had a melodramatic moment where she was reading off part of the letter that Polonius then finishes for her. And granted, it's supposed to be a moment where she has to she has to take a moment because it's a stressful thing to do, either because Polonius forged that document or it is actually an emotional thing. Mm-hmm which is left a little ambiguous within the play. Um, But she's crying right off the bat, and that just seemed like a bad direction. She
2: does that in Titanic too, like the way she cries in scenes. It's like she's crying before light. It's like the waterworks are there before the scene even happens. She was
3: emoting. She was trying way too hard. There's not that release of sadness. You're just there already. Yeah, she she doesn't feel like she's holding anything back in the movie,
0: which was disappointing. So um you yes, mentioned mention Jack Lemon is in the film as well, in a small bit part. And of course the bit can't of, be bothered to do an accent or yeah. intonation.
1: Yeah, or, I mean
2: he literally just straight I'm just up fucking straight to Yeah, it. he just straight up reads it like famous. he's I'm famous. Like he's still on the odd <laughs> couple or something. Or. He
1: uh so also but the bittest of bit parts is of course left for Gerard Depardieu. He is Yeah, in this one film.
2: excited you. I
1: like oh, this is awesome because it's like it's it's it is a character I looked this up with Seven lines in the character, and they got fucking the biggest actor in France, Gerard Depardieu. And he's just there to like be told what to do by Polonius, and then he leaves, and that's it. And <laughs> it's like, you know, like gone for the rest of the movie. Um, but of course, you mentioned Billy Crystal as the yeah. one of the gravediggers, which is also good. And then, of course, at the end of the movie, leading to, <sighs> leading to the duel. In steps a fully, (laughs) fully bearded Robin Williams character. And Osric. Osric. And it like comes in, and you know, you know it took him like three days to grow that beard. (laughs) But he comes in and really adds just some odd little flavors to it. And the scene between them is obviously very I mean, to have it be be played comedic before the climax of the movie, I think, is... I mean, for a four-hour movie, you're going to need some tension releases in it in general. I mean, it's kind of an odd choice to put him in that role, but then I'd forgotten that it was, like, fairly substantial. And I guess it... I mean, it, it, was this ever kind of written as funny as it was?
0: Because...
2: I, I don't po- know. It's
0: possible a lot of Shakespeare ends up being that way because there are a lot of little jokes, right? Yeah, that I mean, are I, as, as a result of the vernacular can be being five hundred be years over. ago. Yeah, it ends up Can
2: be a little silly and glib, and I find his comedies like downright trite. <laughs> well, well,
0: they're, they're yeah. five hundred years like you. Yeah. that ends up. That's no, no, but I
2: mean they're about as silly they as an episode of Friends, so like far. in their quality, like uh, yeah. of. of comedy. Well type he of. did it
3: first. No, no, I know they he did, did it first. And, and there was
2: stupid people that needed to be entertained back then too.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Bam. Don't they reference that in the film? Uh the droolers on the ground at some point, mm-hmm. I believe, Hamlet, when referring to... Uh, oh, yeah, Hamlet's point. a pretentious yes. motherfucker. Oh, yeah, no. Yes. Caviar for generals, man. Okay. That's what oh, he's after. Oh, and,
2: and our last uh, uh, cameo I wanted to mention, which I did think was handled very well, I liked Chuck as, the, Houston, the, yeah. as <laughs> the main... He was the main the actor of the troupe. Yep. Yes, the first player. I, I thought that he fit in very nicely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, especially... No, for, just aside, I actually thought he he was pretty good. No,
0: absolutely. Yeah. No, it's, look, he's a good narrator. Yeah. Um, but it was good having him in the middle of that troop because the troop was... It was a bunch of kids and novices, <laughs> and then there's the one grizzled vet. Moses. And, it yeah, it's... it's <laughs> ben Hur. <it's, yeah. laughs> the Omega Man <laughs> like, has arrived. Like, yeah, no, the contrast on that was pretty good. I thought that was... I thought that was funny. Do
2: you know how many times that man has saved humanity? Yeah, really.
0: <laughs>
2: oh, God.
0: Uh, can sing about Hecuba. So, are there any other cameos? I guess Judy Dench is on screen for about four seconds. John Gielgud plays
1: Pierre, uh, Priam, yeah, is he, like, in silence. It's like a flashback <laughs> or something. But, yeah, John
0: Gielgud is in it. Judy Dench is despondent about the loss mm-hmm. of Priam. Uh, yeah, nothing else coming to mind. Yeah. Shit, man.
3: And I don't know actors' names.
1: Have we, so, um, have we, were we clocking about 20% of Hamlet's overall length in this podcast? So? <laughs> what, um, yeah, no, we're, uh, okay.
2: we're getting there. Very good, very good.
3: We didn't need an invention. We've had five times as much dead air as that film. <laughs> <laughs> Probably.
2: Uh, Probably. I mean, right
3: there, that's, that's half. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. half of Act 1's. Dramatic causes. I'm just,
2: I, I just not verbose enough to fill the dead space. Well, and nobody's yeah.
3: picking it up directly after you finish.
2: Oh shit! <laughs>
3: hesitated. I, I didn't. I, clearly, I just forgot.
0: I didn't realize that "send me packing" was a uh, invention. Was of Shakespeare. a Shakespeare thing? That sounds like a 1900s deal, but apparently it, it, it was does. Not. But
2: the thing is, and. It has been a long time, but now most of my Shakespeare knowledge is from a linguistics class, and I am a lit major, mind you. I did no Shakespeare in school. (laughs) Um, But a lot of the way we talk and a lot of the words that we have and a lot of just phrases.
3: Silly idioms.
2: Yeah, like the reason, you know, we can speak is basically because of Shakespeare. Oh, yeah, no, I knew that. Like, linguistically, he made English, like, the great language that it is today which is basically language. just you make up words you fucking change the vernacular you i mean it's you throw it's some french so, in
3: there it, well, you
2: know it's so malleable
3: my uh, older brother just got back from taiwan and the biggest differences he noted in the way uh, mandarin is laid out and english is laid out is if you want to describe how you feel or something going on english is better than chinese but Chinese is really good at instructing someone. Okay. In a, in a way that we just don't have words for. But description of feelings, scenarios, or, like, really niche, just mm. f- situations or of everyday like, life. also, like,
2: expressing when things took place in time, yes. too. Yes.
3: Just all of that feels really exclusive to English.
2: We're yeah, really I mean, English, not looking behind. English it, like like as perfect. a tool, yeah. like you can do more with English than you can with essentially any other language. It's why even people like Nabokov, whose first language was not English.
3: Russian.
2: Yeah, his first language was Russian, and, and English was the best language. Like yeah. that's when he was able to really express yeah, most no, everything. And uh and well
3: that Joseph that's Conrad, because it, That's because yeah. it's the
2: best damn language. Yeah.
3: And English like those little things that Shakespeare did invent, like, say, send me packing. Mm-hmm. It has a very specific emotional attachment to how that goes. Mm-hmm. I am under a circumstance where I would not lo- want to leave, but I'm humbly going. Like, there's so much describing how you feel when you say a short sentence like that. It's well, really handy.
0: And those are the ones that we hold on to. I yeah. mean, it was just They're powerful. I, I thought that one, that one was funny because it just... It didn't sound that old.
2: I will say that a lot more of this sounded familiar. And I know that, I guess, Hamlet's one of the most, most quoted Shakespeare. Someone had mentioned that yeah. the evening we were watching it. But There's I, a lot
0: to quote. I, yes. I
2: did actually, I was surprised at how many of the lines, like, sounded familiar uh, to me. You know, yeah. more so than just the basic, you know, to be or not to be, and
0: yeah. you know. I think so. there are way better...
2: I thought exchanges that, in that movie, I, you know, yeah. a, and after watching it, I was like, "That was actually one of the, I thought the less inspired exchanges." <laughs> um, to be honest with you, people,
3: people really like the verbiage swap, though, of two yes or no or contradictory <laughs> statements. It's a really straightforward yeah. start. It's yeah. it titles itself, yeah. in a way that most of the other ones don't. Um, yeah, uh, the rest of them are just that time that hamlet talks shit at his mom like yeah yeah like, that's how you title this next paragraph
2: <laughs> hamlet is pissed off and he is going to tell you why
3: <laughs> that's i mean the whole thing could just be retitled that well i mean hamlet's every mad and well, he's going to let you know
0: every one of hamlet's monologues could start in the modern version with i'm such a bitch Jeez. like that's every one of well, his monologues whenever talking of, to somebody yeah does
2: spend a lot of lot a lot of time beating himself uh, up. He
0: compares, you know, he compares his situation to Prime and Hecuba, to an army, to like he's just constantly he's like, look at how look at these people. These people are not having this problem. Why are you having this problem? Like every uh, that's that's what he's
3: doing. And granted that's why most of the time he's played off as an emo kid. Yeah. He can go into every scene where he is about to talk to somebody with I am so fucking mad right now, you guys yeah. <laughs> And there's never a point where he isn't. And really that's what isn't. makes
0: Kenneth Branagh's rendition yep. of Hamlet so good. Gents, closing thoughts? Well, I think this is a very opulent film. We
1: talked before about the way that it looks. And nowhere are, is this more starkly shown than the first time you're revealed to the main area where most of the story, most of the play takes place is in the, the coronation weddings type scene. And it, everyone is really well dressed. And then there are these like confetti that comes down. And if you've ever seen the cover for this, or if you see the cover, it is that scene. Yes. And it is it With is the petals. Yeah, it is beautiful. I it mean, is it, reminiscent of dream. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it I I think that is it is just a very very beautifully shot scene and beautifully lit. I mean it's 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 weird because you know you, if you study film or if you've ever had to do filmmaking before, the idea that that you could that you would shoot this scene, I mean this this it has so many fucking problems. Like you have no idea how many problems are presented in that, and yet. It is pulled off so exquisitely well. And I think that it kind of clues you in that you are seeing, you know, th- that this is a cinematic version of Hamlet. And I think that when we, if you've never given Shakespeare a try or if you've avoided Shakespeare in the past and you want to take on the full. Shakespeare experience all at I, once yeah I don't yeah. think this would be a bad way to go I think that you know seeing it if in, you
0: needed it filtered somehow
1: yeah but it doesn't it's not you're not you're not getting the yeah you're not getting the the you know the 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 watered down version to, even though this is a film I mean you're like I said you've we have talked before about how this is not abridged that you get the full Shakespeare experience um in terms of the language down but then also it is conveyed in a way that is just very unique and very well done and I think it would just it's not so much user friendly in the sense that you know, the approaches take the 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 not the approach isn't exactly novel, but it is a, a unique spin. And then, of course, also you can turn the fucking subtitles on with it as well, yeah. which I guess is a good thing too. But a great thing, absolutely. Some okay.
0: would say a necessary thing. Good,
1: very good. So, if you had ever wanted to give uh, you know Shakespeare a stab and uh, to kind of have it be an intermediary between the more uh, cinematic versions, if you will, much more filmic versions, like Titus Andronicus, which is a great, great Shakespeare film. Shakespeare does love getting a stab. Yes, and Titus Andronicus has one down the throat at the end. It's just yeah. magnificent. Oh man,
2: that one—that one wins on the ultra-violence level. Yeah,
1: that is. Uh, I saw. I, it was it Brian Boyd? He said it is the nastiest of Shakespeare's plays, and that was like, we left it. And Brian Boyd usually has a little bit, a little more eloquent in his commentary on Shakespeare. <laughs> that is and fucking all, gross. Yeah, it's fucking nasty. And I was like, all right, that's cool. And but. Um, so once again, check it out. Like I've talked before, I can't talk about enough about my my love of the acting and Derek Jacobi's performance in particular, and a rather unheralded usual role. Usually, it's cinematic. It's great. It's expertly well done, and all the major decisions I think are spot on in this version of Hamlet by Sir Kenneth Branagh.
2: Is Nicole. he a sir?
0: He I just I just knighted the.
1: He here. is now.
0: Might as well be.
2: Okay.
0: Got I think he's Irish.
2: Oh, well, What's that supposed to
0: mean? What it means he's not allowed. <laughs> but I
2: don't know, okay. Yeah, there's there's some racist stuff going on on those Still aisles. Still not
1: allowed. Jesus, when will they forgive all well, the I, I can't disagree
2: with anything you said about this, uh, Ryan. I this was my first viewing. He is a sir. I actually have not watched this again, but I would. I would definitely watch this again, mm-hmm. and I do think that this is probably. A really like yeah. If you want to watch a Shakespeare, if you want to experience a Shakespeare play, um, this is probably about as good as it's gonna get.
0: Without leaving your home. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> done in 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 movie format. Yeah. But I, I think mean, that I think that
1: people came away positively with this, that you could that you could go to a play and, yeah. and feel like you'd be you wouldn't be lost. That you'd be you know you'd be you'd know what you were in for. And well, I have
0: great news. Uh-oh. Oh. Are we I don't want to spoil it trip? No. Yeah, at some, <laughs> at some point, uh, awesome. awesome. Sure, why not? I so mean, yes,
2: I I would definitely watch this watch this one again. Um, and I had never seen it before, so this was this was a totally new experience for me.
3: Excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, normally I don't watch too many plays in film form, but I can definitely say that this is a great version of that, as well as probably my favorite uh, Shakespeare rendition. I've seen, you know, the Macbeths and oh Romeo's yeah when, and they, Juliet's, when they do
2: all the especially the with, modernized yeah
3: the modernizations the retooling of how they speak or not but changing the setting yeah like there are a lot of gimmicky shakespeare films mm-hmm. and this one feels true to itself in both being a film and a play uh doesn't take on the brood that a lot of films nowadays usually do when trying to portray something serious, mm-hmm. which helps to keep it interesting. People don't realize that having broodiness detracts from excitement and you need to be excited. If you've ever seen Sweeney Todd the play versus Sweeney Todd the film, they're very different because the other is broody and it makes it fucking boring. I,
2: I got 15 minutes and it's
3: so fucking. If you watch the original, he is fucking mad and you're like yeah like this this
2: hamlet this hamlet is mad
3: yeah like if you're going to be killing people you're probably you have some reservations about like maybe how you feel instead of just playing it dry because you're serious um this movie isn't serious but i say that in the best possible way um it's approachable it's enjoyable it's engaging and i mean for a high school crowd this would be the one to show if mm-hmm. you need to keep kids engaged. Mm-hmm. And another thing, they, there is enough angst that is so focused in cause. Right. Like there, He is right the whole time mm-hmm. and he's not afraid to show it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think uh, when showing youth a Shakespeare play, it is way better to do that than the nebula. The way it was described to me, You don't want to compare family values um, to Hamlet as you would Romeo and Juliet to love. Right. Um, (laughs) So you're teaching the kids a wrong lesson with the Romeo and Juliet, and at least the Hamlet thing. Like, he's got a defense. You can back him up. Right. (laughs) It's good. Absolutely. He's got a defense. He does. Yeah.
1: No, I'm no. I think because shit is fucked up around and he, me and ain't nobody looking. So, so I gotta it, tell him. He
2: collects evidence. Yeah. yeah. No. He. <laughs>
1: He's got a plan. Hamlet yeah. has a plan.
3: <laughs> yeah. He nobody. Knives. No one. Absolutely no one in Romeo and Juliet has a proper plan.
2: <laughs> no. That it's it is just entirely a train reactive. Wreck. Doesn't,
3: it is an emo. It is an yeah. emotional. Doesn't instantly reactivity. backfire. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> According to Wikipedia, there are four significant theatrical versions of hamlet that came out before branagh this is to say nothing of the probably hundreds that actually did come out in total Mm -hmm. and this was still the first one that showed up in a theater anywhere that was full length
2: oh wow and that
0: requires a level of creative gall on the part of the directors to cut down something like the good old bill shakesman um (laughs) When you remove dialogue from an original thing, which normally you have to do, I'm not saying you know that necessarily these these directors thought themselves worthy of cutting down Shakespeare to get it down to two and a half hours, but there is there is some degree of arrogance in that because you are forcing a medium that clearly doesn't want to be brought down to two and a half hours down to two and a half hours, and what Branagh's task here his mission of putting all the words in what it did was it forced him to develop it, it forced him to develop his stage to accommodate the original form and i think as the way that the actors are allowed to breathe in a way that they wouldn't otherwise uh the way that they while they uh and while they can breathe mm-hmm. I and mean, claudius Polonius, all of the little characters who aren't Hamlet, Mm -hmm. the one character everybody actually gives a shit about in the normal version. Um, All these other characters exist because there are more words. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: But because there are more words, this isn't just like, there's a reason why they take all those words. They had to put them in somewhere. And what this managed to do, I think, was force the broodiness Mm -hmm. that we all despise from other versions of this film. It took it out. Because actors are big fans of brooding. Like, that's their favorite thing to do when they get a close-up shot, is to have the the two layers of self-loathing and all-loathing just sandwiched together. And because the actors had to be speaking all their lines all the time so that they could get out before Cleopatra finished, <laughs> was that they had to step up to the plate. They had to put something down at all times because Branagh's version of this did not... Let them stop, right? And I think that's part of what makes it work so well. Um, it didn't. You see them acting. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you were actually well, forced that's what I mean. to. And
2: because they have all the lines, they can't just coast by. I, I'm just the murderer, dude. You know, I do three things, and I. If they're whatever. gonna chew
0: the scenery, they yeah. have to be doing something yep. while doing so. Um, and they, thankfully, they got a good enough cast together to make that work. Yeah. Um, I mean, there were plenty of ways this could have not worked out at all. Uh, you could have hired a hell of a lot of people who couldn't pull those roles off whoever the hell that guard was at the front <laughs> Thank- thankfully they didn't pull too many cameos yeah. <laughs> but it ends up it ends up where the text the text both expands and constricts this movie in a really cool way mm-hmm. and I'm glad that someone actually bothered to tackle it that way because I don't know I just I don't know that I would have ever read Hamlet again but I'm glad that this movie <laughs> version exists allowed
2: like, you to yeah yeah
0: Allowed me to re-experience it for the first time,
2: and uh, it allowed me to experience it for the yeah. first time. So that was yeah. good.
1: That's no, good. I mean, as far as an ambassador for theater or Shakespeare as well. I think I think it, it's a good yeah, one. I think it, yeah. Yeah. Kind of Audio, cool okay, hand, <laughs> laying it down. So um, that's gonna do it. Oh, I think so. So I got my. I was going to discuss in a group here. So
3: Ryan is the next. <laughs> this is podcast. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> presumption log. So
1: I've got. To, I've got. I wanted to link two of my picks together and I wanted to make, sh- and I was kind of concerned because, you know, the next one I've got is kind of an arty, any ridiculous film. It's called The Wages of Fear. Oh dear. And I'm really excited. That Citizen Kane. No, no, this is, this is almost as good. <laughs> so I'm really excited that we're going to be able to watch this <laughs> a together. a
2: totally different level. Yeah, The
1: Wages of Fear, this is a, this is going to be fun. Uh, in a way you're not expecting. But I wanted to link it together and I wanted to kind of show some parallels between, you know, the artsy, foreign, bullshitty stuff that, uh, you know, the black and white stuff. You know, we're really upping our, our millennial friends quotient of yeah, black and white movies. Yeah, this is two black
2: and white movies in a row for you, Brian.
1: Yeah, I know. And so, okay, so I wanted to make sure that I really push it for uh, up to 11 for my next one. So I'm going to be linking Wages of Fear with my next pick, which will be James Cameron's Aliens, which is probably one of my favorite action movies of the 80s. And because I, I consider it an action movie, I don't think it's a sci-fi or horror movie. I think it's an action movie. So I'm looking forward to watching those with you guys. And uh, if you guys want to check it out, Wages of Fear is on Hulu. Uh, currently, it's in the yes, Criterion Collection. Yes, so if you'd like to watch along with us at home, um, but yeah, those would be my next two picks. So I hope that we can Which enjoy. Which one are
2: we doing first? I'd
1: like to do Wages of Fear first, just to kind of set up the idea of
3: to scare you all
1: away. Yeah, because it's a thriller, and and then Aliens is a thriller as you well. But the idea of a th- <laughs> but the idea of a thriller <laughs> in the 1950s. I think is a different proposition, but I remember watching this with you for the first time, like years, how many years ago? Um, and I watched enough I, years. Yeah, I white knuckled my way through this movie. It is. It this is, was
2: Film Society days. Yeah, that's first time. Yeah. This is, this was that one of the first a, Film Society. Yeah, that was a suggestion by what was it? Aaron. Aaron yeah, or the
1: theremin player. Uh, Aaron. Yes,
2: he played a theremin in yes. a band.
1: Excellent. So on that on that recommendation, I uh, wages of fear. A will highly be next. sanitary instrument. Yes. But it is, um, Wages for is going to be a good one. Like I said, we're going to kind of, I think, the idea of a thriller set, uh, made in the 1950s, I really think you guys will like it, and I think it will hold up well. So I'm looking forward to it, and it will be Aliens at my pick after that, so my next two are lined up. Bam. We're going to find out.
0: Oh, that's going to do it. From Ryan, Nicole, Dylan, and me. My first consumption log. Hey! The and, and Lou. Lou's been lounging here, providing moral support. Howdy. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. This was Consumption Log Boo Boo Bop.
2: Nine, I think.
0: If you have opinions on any of this shit, feel free to be on the website and uh, either discuss those in the comments or in the forum, which we have now. I think what? there's two posts there at the moment. Why did you do a f- forum? 4 be a- It's not on the website. It's okay. a different thing called Trashnet through uh, Google. So that I don't have to look at it. Trash net through Google. Yeah. yeah. Wow.
2: For, forums, forums, are, like, are you, you have to really be committed to them if you want to do anything I am. with forums. And the best
0: part about this forum is no the, the first thread was formed by someone who said, someone I don't know, who said, you should probably have a welcome thread. So they introduced themselves. Awesome. And then I apologized for not having done that because the forum was brand new and what were we going to do? When are we going to have a subreddit of ourselves
1: one day? Is that what uh, made, we, made can, it? we can start that right yeah, now. Yeah, we can start that. No, it's, I think other. that's the point is that other people have to
3: start it No, that's that's no, No, that's this, not the you're point. You're clearly got, not schooled in Yeah, Web you 2. don't 0. understand
2: how to self-promote at all.
3: Damn. You plant the seed, but you let them water it. Yeah, man. You can and on the,
2: develop your own Wikipedia page. Yeah.
0: Wikipedia... Motherfucker. Well, cheers to that. And on that note... Yeah, we're historical. We can do that. Yeah, we need to get out of here. Bye. Thanks, everybody, for listening. See you later.
2: Give me some light. Away. Away.